I can't tell you how many crappy emails that appear in my inbox from agencies looking to put clients on my podcast. It's obvious that they've done little or no research about my podcast focus or the guests who have appeared on it, and they've definitely not listened to an episode. A lot of podcast agencies clearly use a shotgun approach to promoting podcasts. They reach out to dozens, if not hundreds of podcasters and hope that someone says yes. If you're a client paying an agency doing this kind of outreach without research, they're doing you a disservice and it's a waste of money. To provide insight on how podcast agencies should operate, I'm happy to be speaking with Jacob Zajicek, co-founder and CMO with Speak On Podcasts, which not surprisingly is a podcast agency for B2B founders and executives. Welcome to Marketing Spark, Jacob. Mark, so happy to be here, and thanks a lot for pronouncing my name correctly. <laughs> <laughs> that was a bit of a challenge, but we got it. Let's start by telling me about Speak On Podcasts. How long has the company been around for? And as I mentioned, you do serve B2B founders and executives, so get a little more specific about that and your target audience. Sure. So we are in business for a little over two years, and uh, since then we've booked uh, almost 2,000 interviews, mostly for B2B founders and executives. And we work with subject matter experts from B2B brands like Gong, Paddle, Hopin, Genesis. And what we do for them is that we basically find the right podcast that these subject, subject matter experts should speak on, and we get them booked uh, there on these podcasts as a guest. You know, usually the goal when, they, when uh, a company um, like Gong or Paddle approach us, uh, approaches us is they want to you know, share their message, they want to drive demand, they want to um, increase brand awareness, or they simply just know, they simply believe that speaking to their target audience at scale and delivering value will help them grow their business. And that's one of the main beliefs our customers have before they start working with us. So you started the company just after COVID arrived. What was that like? to start a business at a time when there was a lot of economic volatility. And I suspect this was before everybody realized that the B2B SaaS, B2B ecosystems would actually thrive during COVID as a lot of companies embraced uh, digital transformation. So we went through a lot of transitions uh, since the beginning. You know, when we started, um, the target audience that was really closest to my heart, I wanted to work with individuals, you know, consultants, coaches, uh, agency owners, and so on. Yes, we started during, during COVID. And I think that it actually helped us, you know, because a lot of stages got closed. People couldn't attend conferences. Podcasts were actually the first and obvious choice that people started thinking about, you know, what can we do? Where can we allocate this budget uh, that we would normally spend on speaking on stages and going to conferences? So there were actually a lot of people, you know, uh, approaching, uh, approaching us uh, to learn a little bit more about how they can leverage podcasts. The transition into, into B2B SaaS happened a little bit later when we started growing as an agency. And of course, the overheads and uh, expenses started to grow. So we needed to think about how we can reposition our service. We can actually increase the price uh, and actually increase the quality as well. Uh, so we needed to obviously go uh, more upmarket and, and target bigger brands. Uh, that uh, that see the value and can actually afford our service. So we are now currently serving um, pretty much exclusively B2B SaaS brands uh, that already have that belief that speaking on podcasts or having a podcasting strategy will help them. Sounds good. And it's good to hear that you've been successful amid 
Interesting times, to say the least. Before we dive into the world of podcast agencies, I'd like to take a step back and get your thoughts on the BDB podcast landscape. Now, given the economic times that we're in and the focus on driving leads, which seems to be an obsession for a lot of B2B SaaS companies, are companies still exploring podcasts or has that changed? It's an interesting question because I think that, you know, you and I, we, we both work uh, and we, bo- we, we are in that podcast bubble, you know, I, I book people on podcasts, you run your own podcast and we follow creators like Chris Walker and people who are already like paving the way for podcasting. So it almost feels that, you know, all B2B brands are talking about podcasting and have uh, some sort of podcasting strategy. Um, but I'm seeing that it's still not the case, you know, so I think that uh, it's, we are actually still quite early um, in the game. And uh, just a quick anecdote, you know, one of my daily routines is that I always want to interact with some, with some of uh, our ideal customers on LinkedIn, you know, in Sales Navigator, I have a list of people I want to interact with, head of Imagine, CMOs, VP of, VPs of marketing, and so on. Most of the stuff they post, it's about events, it's about conferences, it's about press releases, and maybe just one out of 20 is about podcasts. You know, this is an interesting podcast. Uh, I appeared on this podcast. It's still not that frequent, you know, most, most B2B brands, I think are still not fully considering and realizing, uh, podcasting as a, that as a viable strategy, but I think that it's definitely going to the right direction. As I mentioned, there are brands that are, uh, and creators that are paving the way of podcasting and that they're talking about it as a great channel to learn a little bit more about your target audience, to generate tons of content. Uh, and really become that brand that is top of mind in your category. Uh, so I think it's going through that, the direction, and I still that we are actually still I still think that we are actually quite early uh, in the process. Well, that leads perfectly into my next question. You know, many CEOs and entrepreneurs have a hard time seeing the benefits of a podcast. They're very KPI focused, especially in B two B SaaS. So the metrics for them for a podcast would be downloads streams and subscribers. And as you mentioned, the benefits are actually quite different when you think about thought leadership, brand awareness, the ability to to take a podcast and extract a tremendous amount of content from it. How do marketers show CEOs and entrepreneurs the way to the promised land? How do they convince them or at least educate them about the fact that a podcast is more than looking at the number of downloads. And in some respects, do you think that podcasts are a leap of faith for many business leaders? I think in general, like the whole mindset around considering podcasts as a, as a strategy and measuring podcasts are really needs to change. You know, uh, I think that many CEOs and entrepreneurs, they have unrealistic expectations about when they can actually see the results. Uh, so maybe they would give up too early, you know, maybe they give up after three months of podcasting and whether it's, you know, appearing on other podcasts or hosting your own podcast, three months is just too little to see some results. And especially the results that these entrepreneurs and CEOs who are really focused on metrics that they can put into spreadsheet are focusing on three months is just way too, way too little time. That's it. I think that, um, you know, marketers, I think that they should, they should talk to these decision makers more about all the positive signals that can happen 
uh, like along the journey, you know, uh, before they actually get to the level of generating revenue predictably. And we have already talked about generating content, you know, through uh, the podcast that you appear on or either the podcast that you host um, or talking to your uh, ideal customers. I mean, look at you, like you are talking to tons of marketers. You, you had Chris Walker on your podcast and other crazy creators on your podcast. And you have a unique opportunity to have conversations with interesting people. You know, and uh, it is very intangible, you know, like uh, it's, it's, you cannot really measure relationships, but if you really look at the, look at podcasting and again, it's same, like same with hosting or guesting, it is after all, like almost like a networking strategy because you get in front of people uh, in that you actually can partner up with, they can refer you customers and so on. And that's the one guaranteed interaction that you will always have. And I would really recommend that really in the first three, six, maybe even 12 months, I wouldn't even worry about number of downloads, but I would worry about all of these little things that are happening along the journey, whether it's learning more about your customers, creating content, networking with the host and so on. So I think that it's, it really comes down to education. You know, what I find interesting these days when I look at the B2B SaaS landscape is there is an desperation for leads. A lot of companies for the last couple of years, the rising tide lifted all ships and it was easy from a marketing perspective to bring in leads. Now times are tougher. A lot of entrepreneurs and CEOs are, are a little bit anxious about keeping the business moving forward. One of the things that they're focused on is is conversations, is getting in front of prospects and customers for that matter, and having conversations about why they matter and what they can do. What I find really interesting about a podcast is like it's like a Trojan horse in many respects, is that it gives you an excuse to reach out to prospects, influencers, customers, the media, and ask them to have a 30-minute conversation with you. And that's a big ask if it's not a podcast, but what I find is that podcasts, I also describe them as digital catnip. It's really hard for people to resist an invitation to a podcast. And the two years that I've run a podcast, I would say a couple of people, only a couple of people have actually turned me down and everybody else says yes, because a podcast is easy to appear on. You really don't have to do a lot of preparation because most people know the answers inside out. So if I'm a CEO and I'm looking at a podcast and I want conversations, I would be all over them. I would see this as, as one way to do rock solid marketing. That's going to have a lot of benefits, but they still don't see that. And that is very puzzling to me. Yeah, I agree. And I think that this really comes down to the, the concept that I think James Scarberry from Sweetfish Media described quite well, uh, content-based networking. When you're creating content together with your ideal customer or partner, it, it's easy to uh, to really ask for their time. You know, everyone is happy to jump on your stage and share their point of view. It's it's not a bait and switch like bait and switch strategy. You know, like both parties win if it's executed properly and if if uh, the creator of the content is treating it as a way to deepen the relationship, to establish the relationship. And it's not like that you finish recording a podcast and then you start pitching me your services. I mean, that that really wouldn't work. That would leave a very bitter taste in my mouth if that would happen after this recording. What will happen after this podcast is that, yes, I will interact with you more on, on uh, LinkedIn. We'll be sending you more guests. 
you know, and over time, uh, when there's time, when, when I will need more help with positioning, I will think about Mark who can actually help me, you know? So, so it's a way to establish relationship. It's, it's, it's a way to network with interesting people. And you really need to be in the right mindset to believe that this will lead to results. You know, if you're a very transactional marketer and entrepreneur, this wouldn't make much sense. In many respects, podcasts are sexy and cool. There's a lot of talk about launching a podcast, but often it's just that talk. How would you suggest that a company get started with a podcast? Because from the outside looking in, it appears that there's a lot of moving parts. It takes a lot of time and effort. I think there's probably some concern about expenses in terms of what kind of investment you need to make. So I think it keeps a lot of companies on the sidelines as opposed mm. to jumping into the fray. What would be your advice for companies that want to launch a podcast, but they're just, they're holding themselves back for some reason? Well, full disclaimer, um, I'm not a podcast production expert. You know, we help people to speak on existing podcasts, but we talk to a lot of companies that are maybe considering launching a podcast, but they're not ready to launch a podcast just yet. And usually it's lack of time or lack of expertise, or they're realizing that it will be a huge commitment. You know, you don't want as a brand to commit to something like, like podcast that is really very often indefinite activity that you are running, right? Like you are, you will be doing it for, for years and you don't want to commit to something and just stop after two months because it just doesn't look good, right? If you if you don't keep doing it and really the trust is built through consistency. But if there is a B2B brand that is considering launching a podcast, I think that the first step would really be to choose like what you want to talk about and what will be your unique point of view. And then like choosing the right subject matter expert that can represent you. And fun fact, it doesn't have to be your CEO. You know, um, if there's someone else in your company that understands your target audience more than your CEO, maybe they worked uh, in the industry, then they might be better, uh, better host for that podcast. And I heard about companies that are actually hiring people externally to host their, their podcast because they simply don't have so deep like industry knowledge. Uh, that they would speak on a level with very like often technical terms with their buyers. So I think that it's about finding your point of view, finding your, your topic, finding your little space in the market, and that, then having the right host that can actually commit to it and keep doing it for a very, very, very long time. That's great advice. One thing that I would offer is it's okay to take a walk before your run approach to podcasting. So a lot of people may look at a podcast and think I have to do one every single week. But my advice would be for a B2B SaaS company is start with one podcast a month. That's all you need, a 30-minute conversation with someone. And then to get ROI, to learn and to educate yourself, start extracting content for blog posts, LinkedIn posts, Twitter updates, answers on Quora, things that you can post on Instagram. There's all kinds of goodness that comes out from just doing one podcast a month. One final question before we get into the podcast agency ecosystem. What do you see as the biggest mistakes that companies make with podcasting? And you mentioned it uh, in, in, your, in, your, in your last sentence. And I think that it's, uh, whether it's hosting or guesting, I think it's lack of distribution. 
very often podcast hosts and the companies who are running the podcast or companies who are appearing on these podcasts, they're really looking at the number of downloads, number of listens. If I don't know your podcast and your episode is 30 minutes long, it's a very big ask for me and quite big risk to take to tune in for full 30 minutes. And I think that companies need to shift their perspective from driving all traffic to the full episode and really produce all of these podcast episodes and uh, appear on podcasts with a distribution in mind. Because what really matters is that you get the message across that the listener of the podcast or the person who will be watching that snippet on social media will get bought into your point of view and they will like what you're saying. Now, if that happens, it really doesn't matter where it happened. The job got done. You, you change someone, someone's, uh, some, some person's way of thinking, how they approach, how they think about problems. And it doesn't matter that they didn't go to Spotify and click to your episode and listen to the full thing. If they've seen five of your two-minute videos uh, featuring the best parts of that podcast natively in their LinkedIn feed. So I think hosting or guesting really think about distribution and how it can, how it can fuel your social media uh, growth and in general content marketing. From the outside looking in, the podcast agency landscape strikes me as the wild west. There are, must be hundreds, if not thousands of podcast agencies battling to place guests on podcasts. As I said off the top, I get five to 10 outreach efforts in my inbox every single week. And most of them are pretty crappy. And I am curious about your take on the podcast agency ecosystem. What are the barriers to entry and what should companies know about agencies that book clients on podcasts before they make a commitment to them? I think barriers of entry are super low and that's why it might seem that there are actually a lot of players who are doing it, a lot of consultants, a lot of agencies who are doing it. Now, there are not like so many agencies. Definitely, there are way more podcast production agencies than podcast guest booking agencies. But there are a lot of them, you know, and because many of them really take that spray and pray approach. From a podcast host perspective, I can understand how that it feels that you are, that there are like thousands of people who are doing this thing. But the truth is uh, quite different. You know, there are not so many podcast booking agencies and there are even less podcast booking agencies we're doing it well. I have a lot of conversations with, with podcast hosts and usually it, it's, they, they're saying the same things as, as you are saying. Uh, if you produce one podcast a week and your podcast is like, let's say quite successful, you know, you get thousands and thousands of listens, people are interacting on social media. Let's say that, you know, 50 people reach out to you uh, during the week. You can only accept one person from all these people who reach out to you, you know, because 52 episodes a year, if you have a weekly podcast, when you are working with a podcast booking agency, you know, the outcome is usually the same, you know, it's booked podcast interview, but the price for booked podcast interview is very different. You know, it can start from like $200 per booked podcast interview, and it can go more than $1,000 for one podcast interview booked. 
And there are a lot of factors that go into this pricing, you know, and if you, if you're on a cheaper side, you are really paying just for the placement and the quality of the podcast and the relevance of the podcast is questionable. You know, these agencies, they very often want to hit the target and they don't care about almost like if, if the podcast is like super relevant to you. So for example, if you want to reach uh, demand generation marketers, you know, they might reach out to marketing podcasts, but that might be too broad, right? And there might be like B2C marketers, right? And, and people who, who are not really relevant for you and for your business. So on paper, they are reaching out to marketing podcasts, but in reality, you know, it, it's not serving your, your, uh, your brand. So when you're on the cheaper side, you know, the relevancy uh, is not always, uh, or relevancy of the podcast is not so, always so good. Then there's coaching, you know, uh, speaking of podcasts is still for many people, com something completely new and, um, you need to actually be a good guest to, you know, make sure that people actually keep listening. The host will go the extra mile to promote it and so on. So, um, some agencies offer coaching, uh, some don't, and hence the price is different. Then of course, of course, like level of support, some agencies will just connect you with the host and they, they tell you, uh, handle everything on, uh, on your side, you know, between two of you, some agencies will handle everything for you. So you just show up and speak. Yeah. There are some additional services like content repurposing and so on that, that can influence the price as well. So there are a lot of things that go, that go into choosing the right agency, but, uh, those are the main things that would, I would say influence the cost. If I have a podcast and I'm looking for an agency because I need, I need to appear on the right podcast at the right time for brand awareness, lead generation, content marketing, how do I figure out which agency is the best fit? There's so many options out there and it can be hard from the outside looking in to figure out that this agency is successful and has the right network of podcasters versus another agency. So from a research perspective, how do I narrow down my choice and how do I know I'm making the right choice? So obviously it needs to fit into your budget, right? I told, talked about that there are different, different, um, packages and different prices that you can, you can, um, you can pay for, for guest booking. Um, but I think that, uh, I would always look into the clients that, uh, this agency is working with, you know, we are very on the B2B SaaS site. So, uh, if, if a yoga coach will reach out to us, our pricing and our messaging won't resonate, you know, and there are agencies that are helping way more people and they're like more target audiences and they're very often cheaper, you know? So I, I think it really boils down to budget, um, and, uh, choosing the agency that has relevant case studies. And that is promising you what you actually want, you know, because the truth is you might don't need uh, coaching. You maybe don't need content repurposing, uh, and you maybe don't care about the relevancy of podcasts and you just want to be on a lot of podcasts to, to for example, generate backlinks, you know, for your, for your webs, for your website, then you might go with the cheaper option. But if you really want to integrate, uh, speaking on podcasts into your demand generation strategy, uh, I would definitely uh, spend a little bit more time, uh, researching the right vendor. So let's look at the other side of the coin as someone who receives a lot of inbound email from podcast agencies, providing with some advice on how I can tell whether the agency has done its homework 
whether it knows my podcast and has at least listened to one episode, whether it understands the focus and whether the guest is a good fit. Because in many cases, it seems like they're sending out a template and they simply put my name in the box and hope that the one size fits all outreach strategy is going to work. And I, I feel that I can, I can tell immediately that this is the case. I can, I can tell that they really haven't put their homework in and the reality is, and this is a sad reality for their clients is I'll hit delete extremely quickly. I won't even bother to respond to them and say, sorry, it's not a good fit because it just takes time and they haven't done enough effort for me to actually put an effort in return. So what are your thoughts on how a podcaster can tell if an agency knows its stuff and it's serving its clients in the right way? I think, Mark, you as a podcast host, you really have an unfair advantage because you have a very like inside the look into how these agencies actually craft their pitches because they literally land in your inbox. So if you are considering, you know, speaking on podcasts, I would really look into the pitches that you've accepted, you know, so if you receive pitches uh, from some agency that you regularly, you know, accept guests from, then this agency would probably be the right fit to represent you as well, because they go the extra mile. So they pass your immediate delete filter and you you actually accept their guest on on uh, on your show so i think that that would be one thing that i would definitely look into uh when um if 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 i would be you and i would consider appearing on podcast now most brands most marketers don't have this luxury right they don't run a podcast so they make a decision this way i would really just set up a few calls with some agencies and i would ask some questions about you know how they how they handle their process so for example how many customers one account manager or booking agent uh handles you know there are there are companies that uh one person can handle 15 customers uh at speak on podcast one person handles like four to five uh people maximum uh and we designed it this way uh because we want to provide that experience that people actually feel that they are taken care of um, then I would also ask about how they evaluate podcast opportunities, you know, how, how they evaluate if the podcast is right fit. And very often they might tell you one metric, for example, number of reviews on Apple, Apple, Apple uh, podcasts or global rank on listen notes. And if they tell you just one metric run, it, it's, it's impossible to evaluate podcast opportunity based on just one metric. And we really look into tons of other, uh, tons of different metrics to, to say if this is a relevant opportunity for our customer. Hence, only four to five uh, customers per booking agent, because there, there are a lot of like background work that needs to be done in order to find the best opportunities. And usually, you know, because we do such a good job when it comes to researching and drafting emails. We establish relationships with podcasters over time because they like our approach and then it's easier to book uh, interviews for the second time. So if the agency that you are considering 
uh, can actually share some testimonials from podcast hosts that, uh, you know, they're complementing their, their podcast outreach and so on. That's quite a good indicator that this agency is doing, doing a good job as well. When a company is interested in appearing on podcasts, they realize that being a guest is a good thing for lots of different reasons. They want to get their VP marketing or the CEO or the head of sales on a podcast. What are the balances between trying to do it themselves and use an agency? Obviously, there's costs involved and effort. A lot of companies, especially bigger companies, figure that their marketing department should be able to reach out to podcasters, identify podcasters and reach out to them and get the job done. When do you think is the right time to hire an agency? And why would a, why would a big company, for example, pick an agency rather than use the do-it-yourself approach? So I think two reasons, to, just to answer the last question, relationships. The, the big company might have few friends in the podcasting industry, so they might land a few bookings. But if it needs to be like a solid strategy, you need to appear on at least like 10 podcasts uh, to, to see some snowball effect. Then it's really know-how. On paper, it looks simple. You know, you find a podcast you want to reach out to, you send an email and you get a booking. And this is the premise that we, we started with when we started our agency, but we soon realized that it's not that simple. You know, sometimes you message the host, sometimes you message the producer, sometimes you message a co-host who doesn't handle bookings. Sometimes you cannot find the email address at all. Um, then finding the right podcast. You know, there are a lot of things that go into doing this consistently and predictably. And it took us a year and a half to, to do it in a way that we know that we can onboard a customer and in four months, they will be satisfied customer. You know, we needed to go through a lot of iterations of our process to refine it. And along the way, we built a lot of relationships. So I, I think that these are the main two things, uh, main two biggest bottlenecks, you know, relationships with podcast hosts and that you probably don't have time and energy maybe to, to build the whole process internally. When's the right time? I think that the right time to start appearing on podcasts is when you already have some other, um, other activities going on that are generating pipeline. You know, so usually like if, if you would start appearing on podcasts with the expectations uh, that you will start getting tons of leads from each interview, uh, that's not something that we can actually promise. And if an agency is promising this to you, uh, again, that, that is quite like a red flag. This is more like a brand awareness play. You know, uh, you want to use this to create tons of content to stay top of mind. Uh, but our really most, our best customers are already doing tons of other different marketing related things that is uh, building their pipeline. And this is almost on top of it that they can that, that support their other efforts, you know? So for example, you appear on a podcast, then you can share it, uh, within your overall, like, uh, content on social media on websites and so on. Uh, you can share it with your pipeline when you are following up with leads and so on. So I think that have other things in place before you decide, uh, that you want to start speaking on podcasts strategically. Final question. And this may be a tough one, given the fact that you have relationships with many B2B podcasters, what are the B2B SaaS podcasts that you listen to on a regular basis? Funny enough, I, I get most of my B2B information, B2B marketing information from LinkedIn and from books. Uh, but when I really want to listen to a podcast, you know, um, I won't be very original, but I will say, say revenue vitals. Originally it was state of demand gen. 
um, B2B growth by team at Sweetfish. And I, I think that that's it really. And I, I, some, I sometimes tune in to your podcast as well. But the thing is that uh, revenue vitals, that's very often, you know, about, about one area of uh, demand generation. You know, they're, um, they're exploring like B2B marketing from one point of view. And then I like B2B growth because they're talking about different things that are often not discussed on revenue vitals. So it offers different point of view and, you know, the frequency is crazy. Like I think they post once, once a day, you know, it's a daily podcast. So those are the, those are two, uh, slash three, if I include yours as well, podcasts that I, I always like to listen to, but as I mentioned, mostly from LinkedIn and I, if I would count, should count all podcasts that I listen, listen to on LinkedIn through snippets on audiograms and so on. That'd be way more, way more because I get the information from LinkedIn, including snippets from podcasts that I didn't list here. Where can people learn more about you and speak on podcasts? If you enjoy this conversation, I would recommend that you send me a connection request on LinkedIn, you know, in the connection note, just let me know that you heard me on, uh, on marketing spark. If you are considering speaking on podcasts, you can go on speak on podcasts.com. Uh, and to learn a little bit more about what we do, we have public pricing, uh, so you can uh, see what we charge. You can book a call right away and we'd be happy to chat. Well, thanks Jacob for the great insight about the podcasting and podcast agency landscape. And thanks to everyone for listening to another episode of Marketing Spark. If you enjoyed the conversation, leave a five-star review, subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app, and share via social media. To learn more about how I help B2B SaaS companies as a fractional CMO, strategic advisor, and how I create better positioning and messaging, email mark at markevans.ca or connect with me on LinkedIn. I'll talk to you soon.